Hello everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the Medical Geeks podcast. The number £365 million has undoubtedly caused a lot of debate and accusations. In this episode, we will explore the potential impacts of Brexit on the NHS. Please note, this is not a political episode. We do not endorse or attack any side of the political spectrum. Any resemblance of endorsement or attacking is purely coincidental and is fully not intended. We will be giving brief summaries of potential impacts of Brexit on the many aspects of the NHS. If you would like to learn more about this though, and if you want to take this a step further to the next level, so that you can really impress the interviewers during your interview, check out the first reference in the list of references attached to this episode. This reference is a detailed report on the impact of Brexit on the NHS. But now, let's start looking at the summaries we have prepared for you. I'm your host, McKean, and let's go. aspects of the NHS that we will focus on in this episode. These aspects are public finances, staffing, medical devices, treatments and drugs, and finally, public health. But before we start talking about them, I would like to make a disclaimer is that by no means are these four aspects the only NHS aspects that will be affected by Brexit. There are a lot more to be talked about. However, We've picked what we believe are some of the most significant aspects and we've picked our top four and we will talk about these. So to start with public finances, what does public finances have to do with the NHS and why if public finances was to be affected by Brexit, why would that affect the way the NHS is run? Well, the NHS is a governmental institution run by the government. It is also funded by government money, which is the taxpayers money which is another way of saying public finances. Now, according to latest projections, Brexit is expected to lower public finances due to slower economic growth and less productivity. This will have many effects on the economy and pretty much none of which are desirable ones. And one of these effects is that it will reduce public funds going into public services. And the NHS is a public service, therefore it will receive less funding. Now this, combined with the already existing pressure on the NHS and all of its entities, as well as any new pressures added to Brexit, will have a severe effect in terms of NHS performance, waiting lists, length of recovery, etc. etc. So as you can see, any negative impact on public finances by Brexit or any other factor will serve no good to anyone. The second aspect of the NHS that will be affected by Brexit is staffing. It is a fact that EU nationals make a significant proportion of NHS staff, especially nurses. And you can see this throughout NHS hospitals all over the UK. But this is particularly true in diverse areas such as London, the southeast of England and Northern Ireland. Therefore, Brexit will pose a few challenges to the NHS, such as retaining the already employed EU nationals and employing new staff in sufficient numbers. If these two things are not achieved, there is a real risk of severe staff shortage, something that the NHS or any other public health institution cannot afford, especially when you know that the NHS has been particularly vulnerable to staff shortages in the past. Moreover, there is one way that the government could try to solve this problem 
that is by spending more money on NHS staff training programs. However, there are some predictions that even this would not be enough, i.e. it will not employ sufficient numbers of NHS staff, even if a large number of those who undergo the programs end up being employed by the NHS. It will simply not be enough. In addition, these kind of programs will be probably met with some resistance from the government itself due to the lack of public finances, which is something we've discussed earlier. Now let's move on to discuss medical devices, treatments and drugs. Now that the UK has left the EU, the UK will need to enter new agreements for marketing approvals and regulatory alignment. And what these things do is that they basically allow goods such as medicines and medical devices to flow freely between the EU and the UK. Now of course, when used to being part of the EU, the UK didn't need to worry about such agreements because goods such as medicines and medical devices could flow freely between EU member states. But now that we've left the EU, the UK must reach new agreements. Otherwise, without access to these, the UK will lose access to approval systems and databases that allow us to use drugs and treatments. This will also lead to the risk of UK patients becoming lower priority patients than other EU country patients, and consequently losing access to treatments and drugs available elsewhere in the world very easily and accessibly for anyone who wants them, but simply not in the UK. And finally, public health. How would public health be affected by Brexit? Well, to start with, the EU is usually involved in raising awareness and pushing reforms of public health issues. For example, the EU has been very active in addressing the dangers of tobacco and smoking in general, and in outlining the contribution that tobacco and smoking have to lung cancer. And furthermore, the EU have taken active steps to make sure that this awareness is not just something on paper. And because of all the active efforts that the EU has taken to combat smoking and to warn against it, we could tell that the EU has contributed to domestic policies when it comes to smoking. There will need to be certain treaties between the UK and the EU to allow Public Health England to be involved with the same initiatives and efforts that the EU undertakes. Secondly, there are cross-border vigilance systems that are used between EU member states to monitor the standards of certain procedures, for example, donating blood or tissues or organs. The UK will need to reach new agreements with the EU in order to be able to use these vigilance systems, otherwise we will simply just lose access to them. Well everyone, that was our brief summary into some aspects of a very complicated topic. We hope that you have found this a helpful start of your research into this topic. As I said before, you can check out the references below to take this further and learn more about this topic. But really, you don't need to know a lot of information to be able to answer interview questions related to this topic. You just need to be aware of, of the basics and what we've given you in this episode is an example. However, that being said, the more you know, of course the better. If you have any questions, just drop us a text on Instagram at The Medical Geeks. Otherwise, you can check out our website at themedicalgeeks.com as well, where you can find some more help on how to prepare for your interview and other aspects of the medical application. Remember to always be understanding of the other side of the argument, regardless of which side you're on. Stay tuned for more episodes and stay safe. I am your host, McKean, and goodbye.